And so we got to celebrate a baby dedication and just, you know, that next step. And so we get to celebrate these fine people. Don't they look great? Don't they look wonderful? And so today we get to spend just a little bit of time to shine a light on your accomplishments. And so we want you to know from Pineview that we love you, that we are so incredibly proud of all of the hard work that you have put in over these last few years. And most importantly, that you have let the Lord Jesus Christ shine in your life. Because hear me, y'all know that I am big on getting your education and, and doing big things, and I know that that will take you places but not nearly as far as following the will of God and doing what he wants. Because truly, if you follow after him, seek him with all of your heart, with everything you are, all those dreams that you have, those dreams that, have been, that you've been working towards, all of those things will be added onto you. And oh, the places you'll go because of what Jesus Christ is doing in your life. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. So we've got our gift that we're going to give you. Pastor's going to... Pastor Ben's going to give you your gift, and it is one of my favorites. This morning they saw us pulling it in, and they asked if we're going to have story time today, and I said yes. So everybody just gather around. It's fine. You know, we'll just read, you know. And so I, I, I love this book, even though it's kind of a kid's book, but I love it because of the many messages that are shared. And so I love all the things that are shared and know that there are incredible places that you are going in your careers, with your families, all of these things, but most importantly, with Jesus Christ. We hope you understand and know that we don't just love you from afar, but we love you close up. In other words, we want to support your next step, your dream, where you're headed, where you're going. I believe that God has got all three of you. I said this about that baby, that there's a plan of God. Bree, every one of you, Josh, Zayla, there's a plan of God in your life, and it's beautiful, and it's exciting, and it's headed your way. You're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of right now. And I pray that you all understand that we are living in an hour that will challenge everything you believe. But I say bring it on because our God is big enough to help us carry whatever comes our way. Amen? I love the fact that you guys are challenging science and that you're, you are, uh, yeah, he said words that I have a hard time saying, right? Exactly. And um, we are so proud. Sister Lisa and I, we love you. I know all the pastoral staff, we are here to support you and love you as your journey continues. Don't stop pursuing what God has for you in your life. Amen? Amen. Give them a hand again. Amen. So we're so incredibly proud, and so today's message is going to be for them. And so they received the book, All the Places You'll Go. And in this book, it talks about all the, the things that life is going to bring at them. But I want you, as we go through, and I'm going to jump into the scripture here shortly, this message is not just for these graduates, these, these, these young people that are in, in the midst of this transition, but how many of you know that God has a place for all of us to go? That God has something that's in store for every single one? How many of you 
How many of you know that, that God has something unique and special for you and your family and your children and your career? How many of you truly know that God's got something still in store for you? Even though you may have been here for 30 years or 30 minutes, Jesus Christ still has a plan for you. If you believe that, put your hands together this morning. And so as we, we dig in today, don't just sit back and say, oh, this is a lovely message for those graduates, but know that God has a word for some people this morning. And so we're going to jump into Genesis chapter number 42. We're going to start with verse number one, and Brother Carl, we'll see how far we get. And so in this verse, we find Jacob. And it says that when Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you look one at another? And, and so then in verse number two, it says, and he said, behold, I have heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. So go down and buy grain for us there that we may live and not die. And so 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain in, in Egypt. 10 of the boys went down to buy grain in Egypt and says, but, but Jacob didn't send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Thus the sons of Israel came to buy among the others who came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And in verse number six, it says, Now Joseph was the governor over the land, and he was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And, and Joseph's brothers, it says, they came and they bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. Does anybody remember early on when Joseph had a dream and was, was talking and saying, I have had this dream that there was, you know, this stock and one, and you all remember that they were bowed down and there was one saying, you all remember this? And, and so now we find that the, the brothers have come and they've bowed themselves before him uh, with their faces to the, to the ground and... And then, and then it says, and, uh, and, and Joseph saw his brothers and he recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and he spoke to them roughly. It says he spoke to them roughly, where do you come from, he said. And so they responded, they said, we're from the, the land of Canaan. We've come just to buy some food. We just, we, we, sir, we just need some food. And, 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 and it says uh, Joseph recognized his brothers. He knew who they were, but they didn't recognize him. They couldn't, uh, they, they couldn't picture exactly who it is that they were bowed down to or who they were in, in front of. And, and so, um, and, and Joseph, it says, remembered the dreams that he dreamed of them. And he said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said, no, 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 no that's not it. We're just servants and we've come to buy food. We're not spies. We're the son of one man. We're honest men. <laughs> We're servants. We've never been spies. And he said, no, uh, that's not right. He said, it's the nakedness of the land that you've come to see. And they said, we, are your, we, your servants, are 12 brothers, the son of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest was with our fathers, and there's one that's not with us anymore. Yikes. Yowza. But Joseph said, ah, nah, it's as you, it's, 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 it's as you said, you were spies. By this you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh you shall, go, you shall not go from this place until your youngest brother comes to us. Or else by the life of Pharaoh surely you are spies. And in verse number 17 it says, and he put them all together in custody for three days, and on the third day... 
Joseph said to him, uh, do this and you will live for I fear the Lord. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers remain confined where you are in custody and let the rest go and carry grain for the famine of your household and bring your youngest brother to me so your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they did so. And you see, there's a bunch more. Pastor, I'm not going to finish today. I'm looking at the time and I got to be done in seven minutes. So, you know, it's fine. I'm not going to finish today. We want to talk about, oh, the places you'll go. You see, we find in this group of scripture, we, we, we find a snapshot of the life of Jacob. This is not the full story of Jacob's life. You know, if, if we dug in, I think we ended at verse number 20, and there's 18 more verses that I have to read, and I'll have to read it another, another day, another week. But in this short little glimpse, we find just a short snippet of Jacob's life. You see, Jacob has lived a really big life from wrestling, running and conniving and stealing and tricking to coming face to face with an angel of the Lord, wrestling with God and saying, I will not let you go until you change something in me. And see, we find now in Genesis chapter 42 that Jacob is an old man. Jacob has lived life, and his life has, 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 has left him scarred in places. And, and he's had some good memories and some good things happen, but, but life has been, been also hard, and he's had to endure much. He's been married. He married uh, the love of his life. The love of his life, the one that, 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 that one true love that we think about, you know, uh, 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 we watch um, uh, the Hallmark Channel about. I'm looking at my wife because that's what she makes me watch all the time. Somebody needs to pray for me, amen. The love of his life, he got to marry Rachel. He also got tricked into marrying Leah. You see, but in this portion of Scripture, both of them are gone. They both died. He has 12 sons. But as we find, one of them has gone missing. You see, to Jacob, Joseph is gone. Joseph has died. They've, they've, they've brought the remnants of, of, of Joseph. They've brought, him the, they brought Jacob Joseph's coats, the one that, 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 that he created and, and, and he'd made special for this kid that he'd loved that was born of the love of his life. He'd made something special and unique and they brought it back and, and, and he died. You see, one of the things I'm learning in life as I get older is that you can't get older and you can't mature without losing some things. Like you don't get older and you don't mature and you don't navigate life and you don't navigate you know, uh, your, your career and, and through family and through life without losing some things. For us to get to a place of maturity, for us to get to a place where we're actually able to be wise, you know, uh, it, 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 it requires us to have some experiences where, where things are good and we've, we've got some good things and some things that we can shout about. We've, we gain some things, but, but also on the flip side, we, we lose some things. It's just a natural course of life and, and, and being that as you mature, you will win some battles. There will be some things that you can celebrate. There's some wins that you can shout about, but there also will be some moments of loss in your life. 
And you see, that's where we find wisdom being born. Through the experiences that we have, wisdom is born. Yesterday, I, I met with my friend, and I, I met her, her son for the first time, and he was playing with my beard, and, and I noticed that he wasn't playing on this side that's still black and vibrant. He's playing on the side that's a little speckled and gray, and he was, he was rubbing it, and, and I'm like, this is, baby, this is just my wisdom, just right there, just my wisdom, right, right, right there. You see, but that's what happens, you know. Uh, kids and youth are amazed, Brother Carl, when you begin to speak with wisdom. They're amazed at the, the wonder and the intellect and the insight that you have when you begin to mature through life, but they don't understand always the experience that you've had to go through, the wins that you've had and the losses you've endured to get to that place of wisdom. But know that Jesus Christ has a place for all of us to go. He has a mission for every one of us. And know that in that there are things that we're going to endure. There are things that we are going to have to face. But know that Jesus Christ will get us through it and make us better for it and bring wisdom in it. So I'm going to continue to be all right. All the places will go. We don't get old without going through some things. And so we find that in this moment, in this text, in Genesis 42, there's a famine in the land. We find that they're facing one of those moments where it's not a mountaintop experience. It's not that moment where, where Jacob's life is changed and, and now he's gone from surplanter to the one that wrestled with God. But now we find that him and his boys are facing death. They're in the midst of a famine. And know this, every single one of us, it does not matter where we are in life, it does not matter what we've gone through, it does not matter our station in life, all of us will have and will continue to face famines in our journey. Every single one of us there is a famine on the horizon. And what I found is that Jacob's response to a famine was interesting. Because he's facing the famine. He's looking and knowing that the crops aren't yielding. That the cattle aren't growing. There's a true, true emergency on hand. And his response was, he looked at his boys in Genesis 42 and 1 and says, Why are y'all looking around at each other? Why are you just looking around at the same old faces and the same old thing, thinking that there's going to be a solution in the same old? We are in a new situation, in a new trial, in a new problem, and just looking at each other is not going to get us out of this moment. Why are you just looking at each other thinking that your solution is right there, but we've got to do something new, we've got to do something different? Why are we just wanting to have that regular response to this, that regular response, that everyday response? That same old, same old is not going to, to get us out. Staying in the same spot, doing the same thing that we've always done, expecting different results is not going to get us out of the famine. Why are you looking at each other? This doesn't work in a famine. So hear me. The first point I want to make in all the places you go is that how you respond to a famine matters. 
How you respond to life circumstances and trials and, and situations, it matters because your response to the famine that you face determines the places you will go. The response you have to the famine that is in your life, the famine that is in your family, the famine that is in your mentality, the famine that has been existing for generations, the way that you de the, the respond to that will determine where you go and where your children go and where your family goes and where your finances are. And so hear me, how you respond matters. You see, because we often don't understand the responsibility that we have in a famine. Suzanne, I'm a big believer in faith. I'm a big believer in prayer. I'm so grateful that we've got men that are coming and praying on Saturdays and women that are praying on Saturdays and, and we've got our elders that are coming and praying on Mondays. I believe that if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek his faith and turn from their wicked ways, I believe that he still will hear. I still believe that he'll heal. I still believe that he'll do amazing things. Uh, succeeding and abundantly will happen through prayer. I am a be big believer in prayer. But we often don't understand because we often pray and we depend on God. We have this faith. But I'm also a big believer in 2 Corinthians that says that we walk by faith. I'm not just sitting in my faith. I'm not just relaxing in my faith. I'm not even just professing my faith. But in 2022, it's important that we still walk in faith. That somebody still, it's, it's, in 2022, it's important for us to still hear James that says faith without works is dead. There still is some things that we have to do in the face of trial, in the face of circumstances. For me to get to the place of victory, for me to get to the place of peace, for me to get to the place of joy, for me to get to where God wants me to go, all those places that I've dreamed about, I've got to not just believe in faith. I've not just got to say faith, but I've got to walk in the faith and the belief that God will make a way where it seemeth to be no way. I don't see the door. I don't see the I don't have the vision, but I'm going to continue to walk. Why? Because Jesus Christ is for me, and if he be for me, nothing can be against me for me to get there. I've got to walk by faith. In the midst of famine, believe me, hear me, graduates, parents, families, husbands, wives, business owners, there will be famine. There will be moments of trial. But we have a responsibility to be active in our faith, even in the midst, even in the very middle of a famine. You see, we can't just sit back and be spiritual and say, God will get me out. Because I believe that God will get me out. But if we're truly spiritual, I'm going to engage with God and going to follow after Him. I'm going to. It's important for us to understand our responsibility to our faith. We'll never go to the places that God has designed for us by standing still in a famine, by looking at the same old faces the same old things and expect to get out of where we are. We've got to get on the road. Someone say amen.
You see, here's what I understand. I told you I'm beginning to get some lessons as I'm getting older and getting more gray hair. I'm beginning to understand some things, Pastor. I understand how difficult it is to move. I, I understand. I tell Sarah, like, I want to move, but I don't want to move. Like, I want the, the, the process of something new, but I don't want to pack up my stuff. I'm not trying to pack boxes and clean corners, and I don't want to do any of those things because it's difficult. Like, it's difficult. And, 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 and believe me, like, I'm one of those people that I like the idea of traveling, Right? Like, I love the, like, exotic, exciting uh, 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 part of traveling. Like, ooh, we're going to be in a, a new locale. We're going to be, you know, in a, in a tropical setting. And then I just put that screensaver on my TV and be like, look at that, baby. We have made it. <laughs> baby, we have gone to the tropics. Don't you feel it? She's like, just turn that air conditioning on and, and let's go, right? Turn on Hallmark. It's fine, right? And so... I don't like the actual act of traveling because it's exhausting. Anybody ever have to take a vacation from your vacation? Like you've gone on vacation, you come home tired than when, more tired than when you left, right? You gotta take a vacation, you gotta take a nap from your nap. But can you imagine what it's like to travel in a famine? You see, in good times, in times of plenty, I'm exhausted by the prospect, by the lists and the things that I know that I have to do to prepare. But in the midst of a famine, we find that Jacob is looking at his sons and his boys and he's telling them, fellas, this isn't working. I've heard of something better in Egypt. Get it together, pack your bags, because you've got to go. Can you imagine how difficult and how trying and how strenuous it is to travel, to be directed to go, to have to move in the midst of a famine? Right now, there are some of you that are looking at me and saying, yes, I understand because right now I'm enduring a famine. Right now, I'm enduring a place where I'm not seeing things thrive. I'm not seeing things grow. I'm not in the place where I feel like I should be. I'm feeling like things are dry and I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to keep on moving. Stefan, I'm trying to make it one foot after the other. But brother, it is difficult. It is hard to make it just one more minute. I want to pause for my notes for a second and tell you, do not stop. Keep on going. Keep on walking. Keep on believing because God will honor your walk. God will honor your steps. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord even in the midst of a famine. So hear me. I understand how difficult Jacob understood how difficult it is to plan a trip in the midst of a famine. But also he understood that if we don't move in this moment, if we don't move in this time, if we don't pack our bags and get on the move on a journey right now, we won't make it till tomorrow. We won't make it another day. Death is on the horizon if we don't make it and move right now. 
some of us have to understand that if we are at a critical moment in our juncture and our relationship with God that if we don't start moving if we don't start praying if we don't start fasting if we don't start believing there is not victory on the other side because God did not call us to stay right here but he has called us to move into the next phase of our destiny but we've got to get up even in the midst of a famine even in the midst of it being dry even in the midst of it being difficult even in the midst of it being hard picking up and saying baby we've got to keep moving we've got to keep moving we've got to keep moving God called us to move I know it's difficult I know things aren't set up for it right now but we've got to move on because that's where our victory is you see what I've understood is that there will come times in our life where things are so troublesome. Sister Brandy, things are so dire. Things are so desperate, Xavier, that it requires us to pick up and move when it's inconvenient. When it doesn't make sense. When there are those around us that are saying, why are you doing this? Because if I stay here, I'm going to die. If my family stays right here where we've always been, we're not going to make it. My children's future is too important for us to sit right here. My hopes and my dreams are too important for me to just stay right here in the midst of this famine. But there are some things that are so desperate. There are some things that are so dire that it will push you. And if you don't go, you're not going to make it. You see, Jesus said in John 16, he says that these things I've spoken to you that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. You will face trials. You will face trouble. You will face things. But be of good cheer. Because hear me. In this world... There are things that are going to try to overtake you. There are things that are going to try to destroy you. There are famines that are trying to wipe you out. But baby, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. The world is under my feet. But if you want to survive, you've got to follow me. If you want to make it, you've got to follow me. If you want victory, you've got to follow me. You've got to go to the places that I've called you to go in this hour, even in the middle of your trial, even in the middle of your tribulation, even in the middle of your issue, in the, in the middle of your stuff, I have overcome the world. But hear me. Some of us, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Some of us, God is trying to tap you on the shoulder and saying it's time to move. Some of us, God is trying to say, listen, things are difficult. There's a change, a brewing. It's time for us to take that, that next step. You see, it's good to have faith. The woman with the issue of blood had faith that just as long as she touched the head of his garment, she'll be healed. But it still required her to move and to crawl. 
You see, Jairus, his, his baby was on the brink of death and he believed that Jesus could heal, but it still required him to run up and get on his face and say, God, I need you. It's good to have faith, but some of us need to get up and move to be where God wants us to be, to see the victory that God wants in our life. It requires some of us to move. You see... There is human responsibility in spite of a famine. And so in Genesis chapter 42 and verse number two, I told you I'm not going to be done. I'm only on verse number two. I got 38 of them. I'm only on number two. And in verse number two, and it says, and he said, behold, I have heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. So go down and buy some grain for us that we may live and not die. Jacob has his ear to the ground in the midst of this famine, trying to figure out what is the solution? How do we, how do we make it? There are some moms and dads that are looking at their circumstance and their situation and they've got their ear to the ground saying, you know, my kid, my baby needs something. God, I, I don't know what it is. And, and you're trying your best. There's some, some husbands that you're looking and you're like, there's something that needs to change here in our relationship. There's something that needs to change in my home. That, and you're putting your ear to the ground. You're asking, Pastor, I need you to pray. You're coming and getting prayer at men's prayer. And there's some wives and some sisters that are coming on, on Saturdays. And you're just trying to figure out that, that there's something that needs to change. And I heard that there was power over here. I heard that there was grace over here. I heard that there was victory over here. And so you're trying your best to try and find a solution. But let me tell you, your solution is continuing to be in Jesus Christ. Keep on hearing. Keep on digging in and you will find that there's victory. So Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt. Somehow in the midst of famine, there's blessing over there in Egypt. And you see, Here's what I understood in verse number two. You see, Jacob did not spend any time complaining about what Egypt had. We don't find that Jacob is like, well, I've been living for God for 38,000 years and I've been doing my best and God, you changed my name and why am I still getting, I'm supposed to be good and they got good stuff over there and I ain't got the good stuff over here. How they got, they don't deserve good stuff. Don't you know that they stanky? Don't you know that they ain't got what they supposed to, they ain't got their life right? They ain't, they ain't right? I'm over here living my life like you told me to and they over there doing what they doing and they ain't deserving nothing but they getting blessings and I ain't getting no blessings and you know, my back is about to get thrown out over here. I'm gonna need a blessing. He did not spend one minute complaining, bemoaning, frustrated, angry, bitter about Egypt. You see, Jacob didn't hate on Egypt. He didn't talk bad about Egypt. He didn't connive and, and try and figure out how can I bring Egypt down. 
He's not flipping up Instagram and saying, oh, how they get to take a vacation, but I ain't got to get, I, can, I don't got the money for a vacation, but they can got him. He's not worried about Egypt. What he does is say, he looks at his boys and says, I heard that there's blessing over there. We don't have grain. We don't have corn. But we've got money. Take our money and go find our blessing. Take what we have. There are a bunch of stuff we don't have. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we wish we had, but I don't got Sister Tina. I don't have brain. I don't have the answers. I can't get all the stuff for my family. I can't get all the stuff for my children. I don't have all the answers to save my man. I don't have it all, but I do have something. So take what you have and use that to get what God wants for you. There are some of us that need to get our eyes off of Egypt and all complaints about what Egypt has. And some of us need to take some inventory about what God has given you, what God has blessed you with, what God has provided for you. Even in the middle of the famine, there are some things that God has placed in you. And those things will, if you use it correctly, will get you to the places that God has designed, that God has destined, that God has preordained for you. But it requires you to take what you have and utilize it for the glory of God. And you will find yourself in the blessing that he wants for you. Someone put your hands together and say amen. So point number two, and I'm about to be done. Sister Tabitha, come on, I, I told you. I'm gonna have to, can I come back next week? Can I come back next week? You're gonna have to find, baby, find someone else to do the thing. So hear me, point number two, don't be demoralized by what others have going on. Don't be deterred by what others have going on. Don't be distracted by what others have going on. Focus on what you've got going on by the glory of Jesus Christ. Because if you get so distracted by looking at what they have and talking about what you don't have, you'll never get to where they are because you'll never use what you have. You'll never get to the blessing and living in the plenty. You'll never get to the place where you're living in the destiny of God for your life, for your wife, for your family, for your children, for your finances. You'll never get to those places that you've designed and you've dreamt about. You'll never get there looking at somebody else's blessing, pining after somebody else's blessing, pining after somebody else's gifts. Look at your gift. Look at what God has blessed you with and use that to, use that to move in the midst of a famine. Oh. I wasn't prepared to sweat this much this morning. Didn't y'all say it was cold? So hear me. Don't be demoralized by what others have going on. Focus on what God has blessed you with. Because it's more than enough. You may not have the skills, but you know what? You may have the energy. You may be looking around and saying, man, they're so talented. I've got a famine of talent. I don't have that talent. But hear me. God may have placed you strategically in an audience of people that are going to get you 
to where you want to be. You may be looking around and saying, God, my time is almost up. I don't have that much time left. It's not, Sister Tab, I'm not, all, I'm not, there, I'm not as far as I thought I should be at this time in my life. Time is running out, Pastor. You may not feel like you have the time left. But hear me. God has gifted you some experiences. God has gifted you some things that are going to catapult you into places that you could have only dreamt about. If you would only use what you have. If you would only grab a hold of what you've got. And tie that up with who God is. You'll be amazed at the places you'll go. You see, I remember being frustrated. And I've told you the story. I remember being frustrated. I'm like in my 20s, in my, my early 20s, and I'm like, God, you're not moving fast enough. God, I have all these dreams of things that I want to do, but I'm looking at where I am. Sister Wendy, so many times I'm looking at what I, where I am and I'm looking at where I want to go, what I envision God wants me to go and I'm like, there is no way I'm going to get there with what I've got here. And I'll never forget, Brother Carl, I was like, listen, I just need to read the Bible. And so I just read, I just read. I, there was really no rhyme or reason to my reading. It just was, I was reading. In John chapter 15, I've probably preached 30 sermons from John chapter 15, from this right up here, because this totally changed my life. He says that ye have not chosen me. You didn't select me. This is Jesus talking. He's like, you didn't do this. You see, because Ben, if you chose, if you selected it, it's up to you to do it. You see, if you design it, if you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. If it doesn't happen, the failure is on you. But Jesus is looking at you and saying, you didn't choose this. You didn't choose this. This calling and this gifting and this anointing, you didn't choose it. But I have chosen you. I've selected you. I've called you. I've anointed you. I've gifted you. And so no, this moment may not look like it all, like you want it to look, but that's okay, because you didn't choose it. Everything may not be adding up the way that you want it to, to, to add up to get to those places, but that's okay because it's not about you. You see, because he has called you. He has destined you. He has chosen you. And because he chose you, 
because he selected you, because he crafted it, it is up to him to make it happen. It is up to him to bring it about. And so it's not up to me to make it happen. It's not up to me. As long as I keep on praying, as long as I keep on fasting, as long as I keep walking by faith, I'll find myself ending up in the places that God has called me to be. I'll find myself living in the destiny that God has for me. Even in the middle of a famine, I can look around and say, I have peace, I have joy, because he chose me. He ordained me. He's going to bring it about in me. He's going to do it for me. I'm going to live in victory in the middle of a famine. I'm going to shout. I'm going to sing. I'm going to dance in the middle of a famine. Why? Because he chose me. And because he chose me, he's going to make a way in the middle of a desert, in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a fight, in the middle of divorce, in the middle of bankruptcy, in the middle of sickness, in the middle of lost hope, in the middle of it all. He is going to make a way where there seemeth to be no way because he chose so hear me oh Sarah's looking at all my notes like how I was about to do this I don't know hear me it does not matter how dire the circumstance may be God is using and can use a famine He will use a famine to push you into new places. Jesus. Pastor, I'm going to have to come back. I'm going to have to come back. Is that all right? Can I? Is that okay? There are some of you that have some dreams that are still, that you're, but you're looking around and you're seeing famines. Some of you've got some places that you want to go, but you've experienced some famine. Some of you've got some stuff that you want to accomplish and achieve. Some of you are just like, God, I just need some peace. God, I just need to make it. Can, God, I just need to be able to sleep through the night. Some of you have got some stuff, but hear me. Hear me today. Hear me right now. Love, peace, joy, hope, financial stability, companionship, those things are still available. Those dreams that you have for yourself, for your future, for your children's future. You hear us talk about the blessings pressed down, shaken together, running over. And you're looking and saying, I just need a drop because I'm in a famine. I'm not even going to be selfish and ask for running over. I just need a little bit. Hear me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak hope. I speak joy. I speak peace. I speak victory right now. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Because hear me, the enemy of our soul is seeking to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, Peter, Satan hath desired to have you to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. I'm right now in the middle of 2022, in the middle of some of our greatest famine. I am praying that our faith fail not, that we're able to still walk in the middle of this famine because God is using it to get us to the places that we're going to go. Go ahead and stand. I'm, a, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. For real. I'm done. I promise. I'm done. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to ask. You may be looking around. You may be looking at me sweating like, dude. I can see you, you giving it all, but listen, I'm not in a famine. I'm good. I see plenty. I'm blessed. I'm living in blessings. And I'm going to say, thank the Lord. And I'm going to ask that you keep on figuring out what God is trying to teach you right now. Because there's going to be a famine at some point. I'm not wishing famine on you. I'm not standing up here and saying, I can't wait for that famine to show up in your life. No. I'm just saying, in this life, there will be tribulation. That's what it says. That's not me. That's scripture. But there are some of you, and so I'm, I'm praying that you, you learn that what, what God wants you to learn in this season so that you can still thrive in the middle of your famine. But there are some of you, and I know there, I know there are, that you're like, dude, you have no idea how dire this is. And I want you to know that I'm praying for you. That you've got people that are here that are celebrating and shouting with you. That you're like, Pastor, I just, I made it here by the skin of my teeth. I couldn't even make, I couldn't even get in my car. I did not have enough gas, these gas prices, right? I, could, I didn't have enough gas to make it, so I just had to get on Zoom. I had to get on, online, and, and I'm worshiping from a distance, and I'm just trying to do what I can do to make it in the middle of my famine, in the middle of my circumstance, in the middle of my situation. Hear me, how you respond to your famine will determine where you make it, where you go. How you respond in this moment, if you're looking around and just doing the same old stuff, hear me, you're gonna get the same old results. Frustration, anger, things not working out, bitter, disappointment. That's just what it's just going to be that cycle. But look what Jacob said. He said, this is not enough. This, we're not going to make it. We're not going to thrive in this famine by just sitting here. You've got to move. You've got to move. But in your moving, I'm not moving and looking at somebody else, but I'm moving and I'm lifting up my head into the hills from which cometh my help. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. For the King of glory shall come in. You see, I understand that there's blessings over in Egypt. I understand that there's plenty over there. 
I understand that they've been blessed over there. There's, there's stuff that they have, and you're looking down, and you're like, I don't, why do they have and I don't have? In the middle of your famine, don't get consumed by what they have. But look up and say, God, I'm going to give you what I have. And I know that even though I've got just a couple fish and a few loaves, that God, you will feed the multitudes. That there will be blessings upon blessings, upon blessings, upon blessings, upon blessings. In my home blessed, my children blessed, my finances blessed, my business blessed, my future blessed, my peace blessed, my joy blessed, my love blessed. Because I've used what I had and I lifted it up unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help is coming from the Lord. It's not from the stuff. It's not from the things. It's not from the people. It's not from the thing. But it's all from the Lord. So hear me. I had a whole bunch more points, but God is here. I'm going to invite you. They're going to worship. There'll be some leaders. Pastor will be here. Brother Carl will be here. Once I towel off, I'll be here. I'm happy to pray. We're going to be happy to pray with you. But Hebrews says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We need to get back to stepping out in faith. We need to get back to walking in faith because when you walk and step out, even in the middle of a famine, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it takes a lot of energy and a lot of stuff, you'll be amazed at what God can do, what God will do. So they're gonna sing and I'm gonna invite you to step out however you want. You can come on up here, we can come to you however that is, but I'm gonna invite you to step out because victory is available. Those places, those dreams, that stuff that you desire, that stuff is available as long as in the middle of a famine, you're willing to walk by faith and believe that God is still working. So we're happy to pray for you. Come on up and allow us to grab a hold of the King of Kings along with you. God bless you in this moment in all the places you'll go. For the battle belongs to